true that uh, as you think, so you are, and thinking appropriately about yourself as a Christian is essential if you're going to be what God wants you to be. Right thinking about God exists for the sake of right feelings for God. In that order. Logic exists for the sake of love. Reasoning exists for the sake of rejoicing. Doctrine exists for the sake of delight. Knowing the truth is the basis of admiring the truth. Both thinking and feeling are essential. They are not coordinate. Welcome back. This is Dive Deep with George and Lance, Lance. So Yes. Hey, we happy new year, everybody. Uh, starting this new year, we trust that everybody's starting off on a positive foot. Yeah. The right yeah. way. It's been, a, it was an awesome new year's party over at Jeremy and Melissa Hoffman. Oh, they did yes. a great job. Yes. Yes. Tons of food and game playing and yeah. it was awesome. It was really good. Really so good. it's nice. We trust that much, many churches out there did the same thing and that uh, the people of God gathered together to usher in the new year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We need to usher in that new year. So we are Praise here. Worship God. We are uh, drinking coffee tonight. Which oh, is yeah. M- we got ourselves yeah. Kenyan SL28. Yes. That's uh, some pretty amazing coffee. I'm going to try because I haven't tried it yet. Oh, I did yes. it perfectly. Oh, my goodness. This actually, this particular bean, it's just one varietal. It comes from Kenyan, Kenya. And it actually tastes like there's cream and sugar in it. Even though there's no cream or sugar in it. I know, it does. It, it tastes it's very good. We are coffee connoisseurs along oh, with diving coffee. deep in, into yes, topics that yes. uh, most people don't really want to go deep in, mm. right? It's important though. Episode 9. Coffee's going to We are here yes. talking about philosophy. We are talking about philosophy. And philosophy right. for Lance, for all you that may know Lance, this is kind of up his alley. Yeah, yeah. I've been studying philosophy for probably about three or four years yeah. now. Um, I mean, not... Like studying, studying philosophy. I only read like five, six books a year on it. Um, but he reads about five hundred books. So there is a lot of things outside of philosophy that connect to it. So he does quite a bit. But as I study more, my interest in philosophy actually grows. And um, you know, beforehand, I had this idea about philosophy that was almost entirely wrong. And then as I start to, to understand philosophy more, I realize, whoa, this is way more relevant than I originally thought. So. Key term, relevant. Yes, a lot of people right. out there are going to be saying, hmm. Exactly. Uh, philosophy, well, that sounds about as uh, interesting as basket weaving. Exactly. They're okay. going to look at it and they're going to say, mm. why would I need to be interested in philosophy at all? Yeah, why? Well, um, the first thing that I would like to point out is that you already are interested in philosophy. And I'm going to go ahead and demonstrate this by defining what philosophy is. Do that. The modern definition, and this is this actually comes from John Frame's History of Western Philosophy and Theology. I read that whole book. It was amazing. Uh, John Frame defines it this way. Philosophy seeks to answer the question of, oh, I'm sorry. I was reading my quote on that. Mm-hmm. Lance Phelps defines it that yes, way. Yes, yes. John Frame defines hey, that was it this very way. very good, by the way. I know. <laughs> I, was, I was riveted. I was on the edge of my <laughs> seat, that, Lance. That's what I just said. You okay, just pulled let's, the rug out let's, from all I'm of, sorry. Come I'm going to start with John Frame. Get I was this right. On, I got a lot of notes here. Um, I define philosophy as... The disciplined attempt to articulate and to defend a worldview. A worldview is a general conception of the universe. The sciences generally seek understanding of particular aspects of the universe. Chemistry, the chemical, biology, the biological, and so on. But philosophy deals with the most general truths of reality. What is, how we know it, 
how we should act, the term worldview, therefore, is an appropriate designation for the subject matter of philosophy. Worldview. Yes. Uh, very, very, very I important. just caught that because we talked yeah. about this before the show started. Right. I just caught that key term, worldview. Mm -hmm. Philosophy is the sum total of, of what worldview. you believe, right. believe right. which equals your worldview. And uh, I like the way that R.C. Sproul put it. He, he harkens back to the, to the way that philosophy and theology used to be seen. Theology was the queen. And philosophy was her handmaiden. And I, I completely agree with that assessment. Theology is absolutely the queen of our worldview. Whether or not you believe... When you say theology, let's define that. Oh, yeah. The theology people is... People may not understand what that Theology means. proper is thoughts about God. When you say, I'm studying theology, theo, uh, it you know comes from the original Greek word uh, theo, which means God. But it, theology discusses or its ideas about God. What are, your, what are your conceptions about God? But theology in general is just anything to do with the spirit realm and the spiritual aspect of our person. So if you were to talk about the soul, if you were to talk about God, if you were to talk about Jesus, the nature of Jesus, you would be using philosophy and you would be embarking on philosophy in certain cases, but the majority of that discussion would be strictly theological. So in the, in the academia, uh, those that try to define God out of existence right. would, would like to keep a very sharp demarcation between the, uh, between the, um, what am I saying? Uh, philosophy. Philosophy and, um, theo theology. Theology. So yeah, theology, uh, is, is kind of, um, it's a hated subject nowadays. People, especially in the, well, it's been so for the past 200 years effectively, but it has been the redheaded stepchild to use kind of a crass term. Um, of, of the various different disciplines like theology. You got to keep that in the corner. Right. And it's gotten so so bad that you have um, scientists, actually philosophers, masquerading as scientists, who are also asserting theological truths that are saying they never study theology or they don't ever make assertions that are theological. So for instance, Neil deGrasse Tyson He's a very famous. Uh, he's a very famous atheist. He asserts vociferously that there is no God, and there never is a God. He has. He works off of the philosophical foundation of methodological naturalism, but he's making in that in that all of his assumptions. He's making a theological statement that there is no God. That is a statement about the nature of God. His in his case, his lack of existence. So in that way, he holds theological and philosophical beliefs. Right. So, so we, what we are trying to discuss then tonight is we're we're not we want to to the, to know that philosophy in, on its in its proper definition is is again that the idea how we organize our thoughts our belief systems why don't I just read the the Webster's dictionary on what philosophy is defined as mm -hmm. the study of ideas about knowledge truth the nature and meaning of life Right. Um, another uh, definition is a particular set of ideas about knowledge, truth, nature, and the meaning of life. And then finally, it's a set of ideas about how to do something or to live. Right. So your philosophy is going to dictate a lot about how you live your life. Your day-to-day -day activities are going to be demarcated. They're going to be the, the, you know, basically it's like the outline of how you're going to live those day-to-day -day activities is defined by your philosophical and theological assumptions. So go ahead. I'm sorry. So philosophy, bringing it down to everyday life for people who are listening, because mm -hmm. they're like, I'm really kind of bored with this already. Uh, 
philosophy is is again, it's the sum total of our thoughts mm-hmm. about things, stuff, right, right. right? And I guess the point is, um, when we get up in the morning, we are starting a philosophical cascade through yes. our behavior. Because the question before you do anything is, what is the most important thing? What's the most important thing? So it, let's say that you wake up in the morning and you instantly fall on your face and start to ask for forgiveness so you won't go to hell, right? Right. Your, your, your goal is, I'm, I don't want to go to hell. You're asking for forgiveness for sins that you committed while you were asleep. That those to say that you can commit sins while you're asleep, and to say that you need to immediately ask for forgiveness for those sins, or you're going to go to hell at the moment that you you die. Those are theological and philosophical statements. Mm-hmm. Those are those come from a, a particular worldview, and, and and they're rooted in an idea, mm-hmm. a, an idea on how you perceive truth. Right, and so so when you as a person do those things, you have a specific idea. But here's the rub. When you don't do those things, you have another idea. So the, 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 basically the idea that I'm, I'm putting forward right now is that you are not neutral in, when it comes to, say, Buddhism mm-hmm. or Hinduism or atheism. And mm-hmm. the atheists, vice right. versa, are not neutral when it comes to Christianity. They have a vested interest in God not actually existing. They really do not want God to exist. And if God exists, that's very problematic for them. It changes. It'll have to change something in their thoughts. Right. If God actually exists, they're in big, big trouble. Mm -hmm. Because then all of their assumptions that God does, since God doesn't exist, that they they can live any way they want to, or they can live as if God doesn't exist, the assumptions are suddenly wrong. Right. So... So we wanted we want to talk about and what was our whole purpose? We wanted to bring philosophy down to purpose, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On how we live. Ex- elaborate a little bit on on that. So me. purpose is uh, purpose and meaning in life is something that we all understand and all live by to a certain degree. Even those who purposely try to not have any kind of direction. Right, right. Even those who do not have uh, a discernible meaning, I guess you could say, where they say, this is my purpose in life. They're implicitly answering the question of what their meaning and purpose is by, um, by you know, not following any specific purpose. They are saying that my purpose is to just live. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they're, again, they're making an assertion that they are backing up by some form of implicit philosophical foundation. Right. So, so, at the root bed of philosophy, we talk about our ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And ideas are a formulation of thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. And thoughts are actually, I can, we can trace these back to biochemical reactions in the brain, okay? Right, right. But they all, thoughts all come from fountains that we have inside of us. Right, right. So to say. There are philosophical roots is what you're talking about. Right. We have, uh, we have roots that we, we get through experience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That we get through teaching that yep. people yep. Uh, give us, that we may get through divine revelation. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Supernaturally. And right? how do we know we get it through divine revelation? Yeah. We get, oh, well, the word, the word of God will give that's us a compli- that. We'll, that's yeah. a whole other show. Let's yeah, not that's go a there whole right other show. But, but the idea here is that now our philosophy is, is kind of like the pillars uh, down into this foundation of, 
who we really are. Yes. Right? Yes. And that is crucial because when you are doing what you're doing, there's a reason that you're doing that thing. Especially the more fired up you get about something, the deeper those roots go into a specific ph uh, philosophy that you find very appealing. Right. So why don't we actually bring this down to earth a little bit? Let's explore some, I mean, unless you have some other notes you want to go over. No, I was going to just mention that Jesus, right? Right. Okay. Right. He mentioned that those that build their house upon the sand, right? Right. When the winds come and the storms beat upon the house, mm -hmm. uh, the, the house falls and great is the fall thereof, right? Right. And, and the idea in the scripture is that Jesus is not saying that somebody's building their house in Pensacola, Florida, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. necessarily. Yeah, that's an ideological statement. Yeah, it is a statement of philosophy. Yes. It's a statement that says... When you what, build on the yeah, when you build on oh. the shifty sands of the worldview of this this age, you know what I'm right, saying? Right. Of philosophies of man, mm -hmm. it does not weather the storm. Right. And it um boy, there's a lot of things that go into the actual what happens when you you have that shifting sand. I mean, yeah. what happens when you are uh, when you find that moment in your life where everything collapses in around you, that that moment is when the shifting sand effectively starts shifting. So we you know we I mean? really are, and, and this is almost coming out ex extemporaneously right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We are really trying to help the listening audience build upon the rock. Right. The idea is right. that Jesus then goes on to say, those that build their house upon the rock, when mm -hmm. the winds come and the rains assail it, right? They will be solid. Now, solid. I, I want to I make sure that we understand that passage correctly because that is primarily a uh, theological statement. And right. that is has to do with the nature of salvation. If you build your house upon, if you trust in another thing other than Jesus, you're going to be wiped away. Yeah. But I think that you can apply it also. I think we can ride the coattails. I exactly. think we can ride the coattails of that truth. I mean, we just got done saying. Practical life. Exactly. We yes. just got done saying that uh, yeah. theology is the queen and philosophy is her handmaiden. Right. And so philosophy follows so very closely philosophy behind. of salvation is just yes that. there is yeah. philosophy behind salvation there is philosophy about th that that you live by in that case so jesus christ is saying and he says in other places i mean jesus christ is may he's the savior he's mm -hmm. the messiah he's the one who came to die on the cross for us but he also is actually a philosopher he yeah. actually he he gives us information that is uh anthropological ontological he gives us epistemological information wait you know, no, let, wait hold on Oh, well, don't worry. Don't worry about all those Tell, crazy things. No, we need to find that because people are saying, what did he just say? Okay, well, I, I was just spouting off okay, a bunch yeah, of- but you've got to let them know that. Philosophical, yeah, these, yes. these are just philosophical realms. Ontology yeah. means the study of your being. Yeah. Anthropology is the study of, of humans as a whole. Right. You know, what, and you know, and then there's there's uh, epistemology, which is the study of how we, how we know things. What is truth? Okay. And Jesus Christ says, I am the way, yeah. the truth, right. and the life. So all these big words, folks, are uh, just simple things. Right. They, they they are yeah. simple things, but philosophers like to think make things complicated. I know. And, and I, I say that, so but there are I, times... Let me, let me encourage the, the listening yeah. audience to ans ask questions. Um, yeah, definitely. By, by all means, we're here not to control this hour. Uh, yeah. We so, are here to, to listen to what maybe you need to know. Get on the get on Facebook and yes. drop your questions right. and uh, let us let us know what you think. And I'm monitoring it on my phone, so yes. we should be fine. So but let's go into what you're talking okay. about. Okay. So you specific 
worldviews like that we face today where we're going to the, the, we're going to have to come up against because we live in in a post-christian culture and what that means is that the, the 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 majority of the culture or the culture makers are now people who to explicitly call themselves not christian they're like we're not christian you know the they they are atheists or they're agnostic or they are something other mm-hmm. but they're not christian and being in that place as Christian, we're being slowly shunted into the margins. So we're going to face more and more of crazy philosophies that attack us. You know, one, you know, one of the examples of that is our brothers and sisters in China are dealing with a complex right now. They're dealing with persecution. Mm -hmm. They are being arrested. They're being put in prison and they are being, um, you know, having, having their, their families split apart. They're having their property taken away from them because they are under the thumb of a complex philosophical system of government, political philosophy, that stems from a person called Karl Marx. So as you probably know, um, China is a communist country. And that communist country has a lot of its working practices rooted and grounded in, and and we could just trace it back. But are they, but people may take issue and say, well, are they not completely communism? They have businesses. Right, right. They have, they have uh, an economic system. If we're going to get into a little political theory here, um, it's basically they are kind of an amalgamation between capitalism and communism. That's true. But I would argue that the, uh, that the they government figured out that Marxism doesn't give enough revenue. No, no, they That's they the, watched yeah. the Soviet Union um, on its rise and then its crumble. It fell apart. Yeah, and they recognized can't do that, man. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then they pr- they recognized the reason was that they, from an economic standpoint, not necessarily from a social standpoint, from but from an economic standpoint, they had to have some form of income. Right, because right. socialism, I would argue, and I guess I'm a capitalist, so naturally I'm going to say this. But socialism and communism, they are kind of like viruses that work their way through a society, and they just burn up all the resources. They come in, they burn up all the resources. But this show is not about socialism. No, this show is about philosophical foundations. And the question is, how can you, as a person, espouse socialism and communism? And really, it depends. There's a lot of reasons why people do this, but for Karl Marx. His he was a philosopher, and his philosophy stemmed from a specific understanding of what the human was. He came at it from a not a Christian perspective. He came at it from an atheistic perspective. And when he answered the question, "What is a human?" he effectively saw the human as a as a, a complex animal, but nothing more. And then he saw the problem that humans faced. And in his, in his idea, there's a dialectic. Now dialectic is a fancy word for a two different sided thing, kind of like a scale. He says there's a, there effectively, there's a political dialectic between the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. And I, if you've ever studied any uh, history of the, of the Soviet Union, you're going to hear the bourgeoisie all the time because those are the people they targeted. The bourgeoisie are the wealthy peasants, the wealthy people that would come in and undo what the proletariat was trying to do. The proletariat is just the people, like, like the, the people who are not wealthy, who are not in power necessarily. And so the, uh, the idea of Karl Marx was that a capitalist society was actually going to burn itself out and that, that there, would be, there would be strife and there would be 
you know, wars and there would be civil, you know, unrest until there was this balancing or actually until all of the bourgeoisie were removed and the proletariat came into power. Proletariat was just the people. And then all personal property was removed because bourgeoisie thrive on personal property. So then Karl Marx would he he postulated in Capital in his big book Capital postulated that we would see the the dawning of a new man. And then I so I said all that to come to this point. Karl Marx effectively said the problem with man is the is class struggle. That's the problem with man. But I let me give you this cuz in my study of Karl Marx himself. Yeah. The man actually came from a deeply theological Oh, that, that happens all the time. So did, so did Stalin. So the idea here, so did, though, is the battle isn't really in, in – Marx made the battle between God and himself, I believe. I mean the idea that he wanted to come up with an ulterior system to explain away God. Right. And That's, if you bring and here's in – here's where we get the idea of the right and wrong aspect of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Much of what we are living out in our modern post-Christian world is is really, I don't even want to call it the fruits of it. Mm-hmm. It's just the consequences of systems that were started to set up a, a another system outside of what God wants. Right, right. And um, the, the, the kingdom of God is definitely counter to the ideas that, uh, that Marx put forward. Right. And we can see that in his conception of what ails man. What is wrong with man? I mean, everybody throughout history, there's very few philosophers who have said, there's nothing wrong with man. We're good. I mean, you have to be an idiot to say that in all reality, because Mm -hmm. no one has said that. Everyone looks at mankind and says, there's something wrong. What is wrong with man? And, um, and so that, in that, as we going back to the fancy language, that's the anthropology. That's your that's your view on the anthropology of man. Are we fundamentally sinful? Is that why we're falling into this? Or in Marx's case, he said, ah, the reason that we're falling into all these strifes and wars is because there's this class struggle. We've got to do away with the class struggle. We're going to do away with that. His anthropology is wrong. Like literally, his anthropology is just flat out wrong. Right. And we can watch the fruits getting back to what you were saying, of what happens when you get that anthropology wrong. Just study the Soviet the Union. Traje- just the trajectory a cursory is, study of the Soviet Union. Even just Union. a slight movement from mm-hmm. right, okay, uh-huh. in 50 to 100 years is an mm-hmm. extremely it's, big gap. It's, and we, we'll talk that. about individualism in a minute. Yeah. Um, but you look at what you're saying. Let's let's think about that. Stalin and, um, and Lenin and – what was his name? He's the guy they always gets forgotten. The third, forgotten, the third guy. They came to power, and um, they tried to establish a very pure form of Marxism. I guess it was Leninist Marxism. It wasn't a very pure form of Marxism. It was as close right. as we we're going to get to actually implementing Marxism. Mm-hmm. Um, and it came to power on the on basically with blood. It was a bloody. It was a horrific, it was a terrible revolution that brought forth uh, the terrible Soviet Union. And I, I don't think there's any other way to, to put it because you do any studying about the Soviet Union and we wonder why so much focus is put on Hitler. He's bad, right? Hitler's bad news, fascism, bad news, and the Holocaust was horrific. But Stalin actually and, and uh, Mao Zedong, uh, they, they, or was it Chao? Who is it? 
who was it, the chairman of China when they became mm. socialist? Oh my mm. goodness. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, so someone give us out there and listening audience. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, if you know, if you know the chairman of <laughs> of the Communist Party in yes. China the first in the nineteen fifties, the original one. Yeah. Then yes. just uh, post his name on Facebook. Yeah. So when Stalin started implementing, and it really became a cult of the personality, but nevertheless, that is in and of itself a demonstration of what happens because they got. Because Marx and everyone who tried to implement them is going to follow after Marxist theory. So, they get human nature wrong. So the truth of that, human nature is wrong. Mao. In the philosophy. It was the, Mao. Okay. Travis McIntosh. All right, say. Travis. Thank you. Yes. The idea here is that is Mao um, this, is, this is an idea of political ideas built on a philosophy that was fundamentally flawed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are some other flaws that we see? Well, I mean, if we're going to fast forward to today, we're going to see uh, the LGBT community, and we're going to see the 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 way that our culture is quickly, almost a light speed, heading towards a form of extreme individualism that starts to not only just justify certain behaviors that beforehand were seen as just just flat out wrong. It's, you you don't you don't do that. Um, now we see those behaviors not only justified but celebrated as something that is that is fundamentally good. And the reason that they're celebrated as fundamentally good is because of well, first and foremost, re rebellion against God. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's obvious. You look in the Bible; the scriptures have a lot to say about homosexual behavior, and that in you know God lays it out as something that is a sin, right? Mm -hmm. But the the modern extreme individualist and. I'm not, by the way, an anti-individualist. I believe that individualism has a lot of good to, to bring to us, but there's also, in, the, in its extreme, a lot of bad. Well, individualism, though, let's, let, me, let me go back there. Okay. Individualism, secularly, is not good. But let's define the term identity, and then I think we're getting into some virtue. It's good for us to have a healthy sense of identity. Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Are. Everyone has Maybe that's a, the idea that we need to look we at. We need to know what our identity exactly. is. Exactly. Because everyone has an identity. Yeah. They we're just may or may not be able to define what their identity is. Exactly. I mean, individualism means that me first, I'm going to advance my cause. Well, it depends on I'm what gonna... form of individualism. Because the before World War II, you had individualism that was that was almost marshaled and controlled. It was, mm -hmm. yes, the, the individual person was important. And yes, we have to respect you as an individual person. I mean, um, the the actual founding of the United States had, you know, deeply individualistic aspects to it, right? The way that we have, you know, personal property and the way, you know those things were of shift towards individualism. But then there's the extreme forms of it. Say that now, well, you know, after World War II, once we get through the sexual revolution, the the instead of saying my needs and desires are good, but my God comes first, right? That's that's individualism. You know, collectivism says my needs and desires are irrelevant. They are the needs. The collectivism says the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Individualism finds that heresy, mm -hmm. right? So now, so here, let's go stop ahead. there. That's a philosophy. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, those again, are two different our, philosophies. The point of our program is not to discuss Marxism, the political stuff, right? The LGBT uh, issues. Not yet. It, it is about. Trying to identify these the philosophy thoughts, underneath how it. we think, right? Because right? we, and that's important. God wants us to think mm -hmm. rightly. Yes, yes, you and that means saying? being rooted and founded in Him. So, 
So when we examine the philosophies that are starting to allow us to celebrate things that God himself actually hates, um, I mean, using the example of homosexuality or the murder of unborn children, um, those things are being celebrated based on foundations, roots, right. that are rooted in hyper-individualism or extreme individualism and naturalism. You know, naturalism is a, the, the belief that there is nothing but this world, that when you die, you're just going to become dust, you'll just cease to exist, and that the, there's no spiritual realm, there's just the physical realm. And, and see, if, again, philosophy is not just a happenstance thing either. Right. Philosophy, if it is indeed ideas that are built upon one upon its own, you know, ideas collectively continue to build and then they build into mm -hmm. to a greater idea and then they become a cause. They become, yeah, they take, yeah. You know, so, so that's a good point because most political parties and most uh, communities, all communities, don't just have one philosophy. They don't have just like individualism. That's it. Mm -hmm. They have a collection of different ones that are kind of pieced together. Right. And there's a, there's kind of a range. Like if you look in the Christian community, you're going to see a range of philosophies and a range of theologies. Right. Like for myself, I personally do not believe that libertarian free will is a valid philosophy. I think that it is philosophically bankrupt and easily disproven from the Bible. But I have brothers and sisters who believe in libertarian free will. That's that's what they believe in. And, mm -hmm. and I don't discredit them. So in other words, I don't say you're not in my community just because you believe this philosophical idea. Right? So, so philosophical ideas are not necessarily um, – they can be right or wrong. Yes, well, and, and they are not. Right and, and again, and philosophy, if philosophy is not something that we we would shun in the Christian community because ideally, when you think about when Jesus came, okay, mm -hmm. he had to write. He was basically writing the ship of the mm -hmm. understanding of who God is. Mm -hmm. He came in and, and he faced and what the, philosophies what, of the day too. Oh yeah, he he basically, and he was facing the philosophies, the Pharisees. Yeah, okay? and the Sadducees. Yeah, and the Sadducees, right? So, yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. But they, yeah, they're sad, right? But yeah. the idea here is is that that he sowed the gospel, and the gospel is uh, thoughts and ideas about who God is and what he came to do right. and what he right. did do. It, but the gospel contains those things. Exactly. But the gospel is Jesus Christ the and him The thing that cross. makes philosophy, whether right, it's right or wrong, okay, mm -hmm. it, what, this is what it is, truth. Right. It's right. based on fact. Marxism's Marxism, philosophy was based on theory, never on any facts. Well, I mean, it was based on the it was based on an errant understanding of the foundation or of mankind. Right. What his, is the nature his, of mankind? His issue was that he man that is question. relatively good and if given the right uh, social situation and the yeah. right environment, yeah. they would behave rightly. Exactly. And they don't. Well, it didn't happen that way. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's not what happened. Uh, and 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 so the idea here is that ma Jesus comes down and he sets the record straight. Man is fundamentally flawed. Right. He actually and, calls us uh, sons of the devil. Yes. Yeah. You know. Ooh. And that's not a good term, is it? No. 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 That's uh. That's and so and we're not, we're not talking about like just a theological or philosophical mm -hmm. construct here. The devil yeah. being an actual demon, an actual you know yeah. being. Right. Um. And you know he looked at the Pharisees and Sadducees and said, "Your your father is not Abraham. Is yeah. not God." Your father is Satan, right? You know, so he was he was placing them in a position that they really didn't want to be in. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, following Jesus's teaching, Paul goes further in Romans three nine, 
And he says that no one is righteous. No, not one. All have fallen short of the glory right. of God. All, you know, and, and he goes through this long, damning list of humanity. And why does What he have, he's doing is he's but, laying out a theological and philosophical construct. And Right. And what makes him the greatest of all philosophers? Who, Paul? Or uh, Christ? Yeah. Uh, because he's God. <laughs> <laughs> because he's God. Because yes. he's authority. Let me read something here, okay, uh, in Colossians. Now, um, in the New Testament, there's not a lot being said. I mean, there is, but here's a place in Colossians 2.8 that really brings out philosophy, okay? Now, Paul has dealt with philosophy, and, and he was probably mixing amongst a lot of people who had knowledge of Aristotle, Platonian thinking. You, you Christ, know, right. uh, we're talking about Paul. Oh, Paul, Paul, yes. Okay, so in Colossians, he says, Beware, he said, uh, lest any man spoil you through philosophy. And again, that's that investigation of, uh, of truths and principles about being and knowledge or conduct. And vain deceit after the tradition or the ordinances of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Mm -hmm. He says, beware of that. And this mm -hmm. is what we're talking about. We throw marks in this. We throw mm -hmm. the, anybody who's building a case that doesn't have truth, okay? <laughs> Emmanuel now, Kant, here, John Locke, it, it, exactly. Karl Marx, you know, just, keep, just but, go down the line. But then Paul then wants to clarify who we should be, okay? Right. So he right. puts this in, this, in, in, in verse 9. He says, for in him... Okay, the idea is now he's he's identifying identity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, we mm -hmm, we we have mm -hmm. an identity. Yes, we are in him. For in him, all fullness of the Godhead bodily. Okay, uh, for in him dwelleth all fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, authority. There's a lot said right there. When he says you are complete in him, he is he is defining our personhood, our person as being only complete in Christ. Yes. We are not complete and we are we are not so one could say we're not even full persons. I mean, maybe that's that's a stretch. I'm going to I'm going to be careful on that one, but right. one could say that we are well, we definitely aren't complete unless we're in Christ, and that's a major thing. Exactly. We're kind of we're we're bumping around in the dark without Christ we, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Or did it say light? He's the way, the truth, and the life. Life. Which one? Life or light? Life. Well, he's both. he's both. Jesus Christ is the light. Yeah, yeah and he's so light in life. He's, he's the light into our path. He's the one who takes us out of darkness and puts us into light. So he's the one in his sanctified uh, knowledge, in his sanctified truth, is the only way that we're going to find true philosophy. So we go back to what? We go back to what? Jesus said about building your house. Yes. Building your house is basically paying attention to the blueprints, mm -hmm. which I would argue is the blueprints of your thinking. Okay. Right. And the blueprints of your thinking is the schematics. It's, it's, it is the philosophy of how you operate. Yes. And that must be heavily influenced heavily tainted by God's word. Yeah, I wouldn't say tainted because tainted no, too it's, has it's bad, bad connotations. Heavily, it must yeah, be drenched say, with God's word. Uh, so that maybe just so this is the way I like to yeah. put it. The um philosophical thinking where we approach an idea and we start to rigorously go through with structures and and logic and all that jazz. That's good as long as the Bible is is your prime source of truth. Yes. Prime source of truth. And, so, I would, and also, I would argue that you have to be careful 
that when you, even when you take biblical teaching via second hand, okay, mm-hmm. people, men who teach from the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not calling them into question. But not in, in not a, by default. But You're in just a saying, sense, I'm saying yeah. that they are a, a, a vessel that is not the... Not perfect. Not perfect. And they're not the source document, so mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? You need to go back to the source, exactly. Yes, you have to go to the source. So when we're doing our... Our, our philosophical understand or philosophical conjecture, we cannot just put the Bible aside and say, I'm going to go do philosophy now, and then I'll come back to my Bible later. That actually is, um, that's, that's impossible. And we open the show with the notion that theology and philosophy are not separate. Not, not truly. They're no. kind of spheres that overlap, but mm-hmm. they must be done together. Yeah. Because if you are going to advance philosophical ideas for its, like, let's we'll just talk about meaning. What's the purpose of human existence? I mean, really, that, that's a philosophical idea, right? Mm-hmm. What's the meaning of life, the universe, and everything, right? It's not 42. It is the glory of God. Right, so that's that's a that's a philosophical and a theological statement. Without God, there is no meaning. That means without God, there's that life is just a, a pointless, you know, sequence of events. And unfortunately, many f- secular uh, naturalistic philosophers have actually come to and, that conclusion. And that's what and that's their goal because their teaching is to degrade the yes. purpose and vision of man. What you've been saying this whole time is focusing on the, the Romans 1 view of mankind, which mm-hmm. effectively says, we know that there is a God. We know that there is an ultimate truth and that he is personal and that He's that he is full of glory and that he's supposed to be glorified, right? We know right. that. Mm-hmm. We know that intuitively. It's called natural theology. Um, but we suppress it because of our sin nature. We say, I don't want him, right? I don't, I don't want anything to do with him. I, you know, pushing him. I'm going to become an atheist or, uh, you know, something other than. Well, let's what he's not even let's not do. even take it to the extremes. Let's just take it. I'm just going to be a casual believer. I'm right. Just, I'm right. just going to be a happenstance type of person. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go to work. I'm going to go to church once a day, once a week, once a day, and once that'd a be way. pretty yeah, dedicated. Yeah, well, <laughs> once a week, and I'm just going to live my life. Right. And you know, and, and I'm going to do a couple things. You know, what I'm saying. And I'm not really going to give any sense to philosophy, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to think about thinking. And mm-hmm. that's really what, what this is, you know, yeah. think about thinking. Exactly. I, I'm just going to just roll with what comes at me, reactionary exactly. living. You are that person. You just, the hypothetical person, which is unfortunately all too common, uh, has a very complex framework by which they interpret all of those things that just sort of goes on in the back of their mind. It's like language. Mm-hmm. You, a kid doesn't doesn't learn language the same way that we would learn a second language. A kid just picks it up, and that's the same you mean way. They don't with know our, the present participle. Yeah, yeah, they don't know that. They don't, they don't know stuff. what okay, a yeah. regular or an irregular verb is. They don't okay, know yeah. how how to build those, but they do know how to build them. They do know. They're just you know just walk up to you one day and they say, "Hey, I got this uh, this this cup right here," and you're like. How did you learn how to say the past tense, or is that present tense? Mm-hmm. I don't know. English is weird. Uh, how did you learn, you know, how to say that? They yeah. just picked it up. Give me a drink. But now. the same is true with our understanding of philosophy and of theology. We get it from our culture. It's just sort of soaked into us. I like the way Alvin Plantinga puts it. He says we either get it. He says, or it's something in one of his in his essay. Uh, that I just recently read, it says, or it's something that you get from your mother's milk. And I know that's 
kind of a interesting, you know, yeah. expression. Yeah. But in a way, as an analogy, it works mm-hmm. because we get these cultural, social, uh, philosophical ideas just from our culture. And now I want to kind of shift the conversation to what uh, what's the purpose of studying philosophy if there is one? The purpose of studying yeah, if, philosophy. If, 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 I mean, the whole time we've been saying mm-hmm. philosophy is good as long as mm-hmm. it's interpreted from the framework of the Bible. And that there's good and bad. Right. There's good and bad philosophies. philosophies. So we need to study philosophy. Right. Right. So can't, can't we just do what your hypothetical person did and just say, well, well the know. Bible does exhort us to examine our faith, right. to examine to see if we are in right. the faith. And it exhorts us to always be ready to give a reason yeah. for the faith that lies faith within us. So that's. Uh, I mean, I think that it's replete with exhortations to pay attention to what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And here's another thing. The Bible many times exhorts loving wisdom. Right. Calling, I mean, go throughout Proverbs. Go through Proverbs, and you're going to find where God says, love wisdom. And we're not talking about wisdom that comes from the fountainhead of, of Rome. Okay? Oh, no, 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 no. We're not talking no. about the... Uh, we're not talking the, about Plato Ro- and Aristotle. Yeah, that they, they now, lay on the I table say, and be grapes, I will right? say, we're not let's, talking about that. Let's... let's Quick aside here, um, just because someone is an unbeliever doesn't mean they can never stumble across truth. There's a thing called um, natural, not natural, that's natural theology, common grace. Right. Common grace, where God imparts upon those who are unbelievers, mm-hmm. who spurn him, actual truth, where they, they discern mm-hmm. the reality. Uh, and the Bible says that God uh, de- deals all men a fair deck, so to say, right, from his... Right. He's not partial on He, he brings the rain exactly. on the unbeliever right. as well as the believer. Yes, he's going to be I very, just recently it, started The City of God by uh, by Augustine. I love Augustine. I love... Mm-hmm. The City of God is really cool. But he he's trying to defend uh, against the pagans um, the, the sack of Rome. Who's in the, the pagans are all saying, well, the sack of Rome happened because we became Christian and this is awful. We should have known, we should have never accepted Christian. It made the Greek gods mad. And it, you know, and then one of the things they say was, well, look at you Christians. You, you, you know, even the Christians got sacked. So why are you trying to defend it? And then Augustine went through this long process of, of laying out and said, look, look at Job. Bad things happen to good people because God has a purpose for those things. God and his infinite wisdom knows what is good for everyone. And he went, I mean, Augustine's like all over the Bible here. But Mm -hmm. anyways, brief aside over, the purpose of studying philosophy is that we are to love wisdom, but more so we are to examine the, 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 remember that thing I talked about, mother's milk, it just kind of culturally imbibes into you. Well, there's a lot of things in that construct, that car that, that, you know, that's wrong. You know what I mean? Right. That doesn't jive with the Bible. That you've picked it up all throughout your life. You watched movies. You listened to vid, or you listen to um, music, specifically music. Music is a very powerful tool for uh, communicating uh, philosophy. But you did all these things, right? You went to plays. You went to the to the football games. All those things had a major impact on the way that you perceive the world and on your philosophical and theological assumptions. In the way that you were taught from your authorities. Yes, to yes. believe because authority imprint very important on how we develop our our ideas about world. Yes, world, world and then view. when you approach the Bible, what are you going to do when you're you read super, a passage? You're either going to superimpose it or you're going to put right. yourself under subjection. When to it. you read a passage, there are, there are those two options you just listed. Mm-hmm. You can either go, 
boy, this just doesn't sound like something I want to believe. Or right. you can say, well, it's got to be. <laughs> I. It's, it sounds like it goes against this idea that I like, mm-hmm. but it can't be. Like, for instance, our culture now in hyper-individualism and in other reasons says hell can't be possible. Right. And then you start reading Jesus, mm-hmm. the greatest philosopher and the greatest theologian of all time. You're and you're say like, about oh that. my goodness, yes. he won't stop talking about hell. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's got to, and then you got to go through all these justifications. It, it, it can't be real. It can't be, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, you go through the philosophical, you know, gymnastics, the hermeneutical gymnastics, so, say, so to philo- try to get rid of it. So philosophy... To meet your philosophical assumptions. I'm right. sorry, go ahead. And like we said earlier, philosophy is, is, a, is a system of beliefs that are uniquely intertwined, right? Mm-hmm. So one belief isn't by itself. It is attached yeah, at the point. root. To some like other thing that you might not even realize, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. and that that's important important. Thought. So so uh, let's let's look at it from like a Muslim perspective. Like if a Muslim is going to approach the Bible, they've got a lot of of connecting beliefs that about the nature of God and about the nature of community. They're more collect- collectivist mm-hmm, and they're more mm-hmm. uh, family oriented. They've got all those philosophical things put into place. Then they read the Bible and they're like. You know what? The prohibitions against sex are kind of light. They could be a lot more strict. But this whole forgiving thing—that's ridiculous. I this is they—they they would look at that like it's it's horrible. And the reason they would is because of a complex web of mm-hmm. philosophies underneath that say no, that's bad, reject it. Right. Or they uh, because they're no because their ideas about good and evil and justice mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and what God all expects and all of these things are all constructs. connected. And yep. if they're all built on the sand. Mm-hmm. It will not weather the storm. It won't. So philo- healthy philosophy leads to healthy thinking. Yes. And healthy yes. thinking leads to right living. And healthy philosophy is based on the solid foundation of God's word. Right. And it can weather storms. Right. Right. And that's the idea. Poor theology, poor poor philosophy will never weather the storm nope. of life. No, because it's it's based on, like if you approach the Bible, here's another one. Here's, a, here's another example. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you are a hardline naturalist. There can Then you're going to say, and for some reason you, you also believe in God. So you're not a hardline naturalist. Let's say that you are a theistic naturalist. But by being a theistic, theistic okay. naturalist... What is theistic naturalist? It's kind of a contradiction in terms to a certain yeah. degree. But it's the belief that this world has primacy in many ways, uh, but... But a theistic naturalist is going to say there is a God and he started everything going, but he, he set the laws in motion. And so it's kind of like change. Oprah Winfrey. It's like a D is. It's like an Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, yeah, in many ways. Yeah, so okay. what, what they're going to do is they're going to say there can't be any such thing as miracles. Like there's a, there, there was this uh, German theologian, Rudolf Bultmann, who, who set out to demystify Christianity. And by doing – basically what he's trying to do is remove all supernatural from Christianity. It was going to make like like the resurrection. He denied that. Like the, all of the miracles, he denied all those things. Either they were just fabrications, or they were just misunderstandings, or something to the effect. But you see why he did that because he was trying to hold closely to a philosophical understanding of things that was contrary to the Bible. The Bible actually puts forth a philosophical understanding, right. and that contradicts naturalism, and and it holds us accountable to it. It doesn't just say, here, try this thought. Right, right. It says, no, you need to think this way. Mm-hmm. 
because God wants us to have parameters and safety. Right. Mm-hmm. He wants us to think like Him. And, well, it, and all if, of it. you know, your boundaries are placed in pleasant places. If right. we go outside of His boundaries, we're headed for ruin. Right. So, uh, Travis McIntosh uh, said Thomas Jefferson, and I can only imagine that he said that because he was referring to a deist, mm-hmm. which is, Thomas Jefferson, I believe, was a deist, um, and he was also a founding father. If I remember and probably. I believe his Bible had several books in the New Testament removed. Because, oh, yeah, probably. Because he they was, were not congruent exactly. with each other, he thought. So Thomas Jefferson, a great man, but not a very good... In, uh, in many ways. Yeah. There's some a, common grace yeah. with Thomas, Jeff- yeah. Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. but in uh, many other ways, nah. no. No, <laughs> but he believed, he didn't have... Again, he didn't have his root placed in the actual word of God. Well, and you know? and, and now we're going to get to the crux of it. Uh, the, the long and short? Is the lo- well, we're almost there, I want but there? I want, okay. I want to... I want to Hammer this last point right. before we get to the long and short of it is the there the Bible can either be your source of truth or it can be a supplementary material. It isn't can either that be how people isn't that awesome how you, you that's good that's how people live right, right. They're, they're they're living like it's either supplemental right or it's the primary document. I would argue that um, that some of our brothers and sisters um, who are in like say Eastern Orthodoxy or uh, Roman Catholic. They 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 can view the Bible um, as supplementary, mm-hmm. as just the, the church, you know, and the church's official position, which I believe they are, a, a, you know, they're a split mm-hmm. from the actual Church of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Eastern Orthodox and Roman Catholics they look they look at the Bible as just supplementary to what you know the church says, and then we look at natural philosophy, who says, well, this is a supplementary to our reason, and then we look at Immanuel Kant. Who says, well, it's just supplementary. This Bible is just supplementary to my understanding. And he said, and we need it for morality reason. You know, you look at all these philosophers, and one of the key points that you see all throughout history is the, the drive and the urge to make the Bible supplementary reading, something that you just pick up and you get cool ideas from, but then you pull down, put down, put it up on the shelf, let it get dusty. No, no, no. The Bible is actually the it, it is a hundred percent instructive. As Paul says, the Bible is profitable for teaching and righteousness, for correction, for reproof, for training, and I'm butchering this verse, <laughs> that the man of God may be ready for all good works. Okay. The point is that the Bible is th- where we get our ultimate, it's the foundation and bedrock. We must stand on the Bible, it's true, and not it on be trusted. Yes. what's outside of the Bible as right. truth. So sufficient. Are we at the long and the short of it? Uh, yes, I would say. We, so do you we tell me what you, you're, you're the long, what's the long of it from your, by the way, all the, those listening audience out there, there's a disparity in height between Lance and I. Yeah, I so, know. You can't quite see it because of the no, way I placed yeah, the camera and how bit, I'm but, sitting. But, you but know. the idea is he's, he's fairly tall and, yeah, and he's yeah. a lot taller than me and I'm a lot shorter than him. Yeah, so, and so it's the there way you, God designed us. That's right. There you get So we're leveraging the long God's design. And the short of it. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to go with the long of it. Okay, so we have about 10 minutes to do this. Mm-hmm. So let's do it. Okay. Uh, the, for, for my long, I'm going to say, I'm going to read what I have here. We must be aware of what worldview convictions we hold in order to compare them to the Bible. So we must be aware of what we believe in order to say, this Bible is, it's convicting me. It's saying, like, like, you know, I approached this Bible and I said, miracles are not possible. And the Bible, it just keeps, you know, these miracles keep popping up. Yeah. And then we get to the, the miracle that changes everything. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ raised from the dead. And, and Paul says, if you reject that, 
you've rejected a whole of Christianity. And then you have to, there's, there's and, this crossroads. And we are to be pitied. We were p- we talking about that last oh time. Gosh. And there's this crossroads. Yes. What do I do? What do I do? Naturalism, this philosophical system, which has no foundation, might I add, mm-hmm. uh, or Christianity, which has the ultimate foundation of Jesus Christ actually coming back from the dead. And if we will, we'll deal with the actual apologetics for that later, but I'm 100% convicted. Jesus Christ coming back from the dead is a 100% historical fact, no matter what Karl Barth says. Yeah. So, so, we have to be aware of our convictions. We have to be aware of what we believe and why we believe it in order to compare it to the Bible and to scrub our beliefs to bring them more and more in line with what the Bible has to say. So teach. you're saying that we need to, to view our philosophy. It's, yes, it's, yes. We, we, need to, philosophy. we need to pick apart our, our, our worldview because there are things that our culture teaches us that is good. Like aspects of, of individualism. Let's think about that for just a second. We've got a few minutes. You're fine. Um, I'm not I'm not sweating. Aspects of individualism can be found throughout the Bible. For instance, the Bible's emphasis on the salvation of an individual person as opposed to the salvation of a group of people, mm-hmm. right? It's not just the whole of Israel's going to be uh saved. No. He says those who have faith are going to be saved. That's a aspect of individualism. Then we look at uh, Paul's view of marriage, and which is, of course, God's view of marriage. Paul asserts that the man has no control over his body, which back then was like, whoa, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And when, when he says that the woman has no control over her body, but the husband does, then the man was like, yep, that's right. But then when he says that the man has no control over his body, but the woman does, the man was like, wait a second, yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on. <laughs> but that is, in essence, it's a form yeah. of, of individualism that we can see uh, kind of cropping up in the Bible. But... Then there's that whole, you know, we gave examples of, of denying hell and denying miracles and, and things where philosophies can just come in and they can clash with the Bible. Right. So we have to have courage to reject bad philosophy. Yes. And the idea here is in my short end of it, mm-hmm. okay, um, the Bible says to us to examine every thought, take it captive, and to see if it conforms to what God says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that thought, and when we get convicted in the individual thought, right, realize this, that it's not standing alone, okay? Mm-hmm. When, you, when you are convicted of a certain sin or mm-hmm. a wrong thought pattern or whatever, mm-hmm. realize that when you deal with that, you have to take it a little deeper. Yeah. You have yeah. to realize that it's, it's intricately it's connected to something, connected to something <laughs> else. There's a sprouting, now, but that sprouting has a root. Exactly. Out here in, in Oklahoma... Bermuda grass is a unique grass, very, very hard to take out, right? Mm, and so when you try to take it out of your flower bed, uh, know this. You're pulling another one, out, boom, boom, it's all connected, right? You mm-hmm. have to go back mm-hmm. and take it way back. And that, that moment where you're saying that we start removing the weeds uh-huh. can be terrifying. It is. It be, because suddenly you find out that it's not just one little weed. Mm-hmm. It's like 50 mm-hmm. and a big chunk of your flower pot is removed because you thought you were all right. And then you see this you know? bare earth and you're like, what, what, what are we going to do? Uh-huh. There's no flowers there. And it, yes. and it can be stressful. It can be the crumbling of a part of your foundation. You can think, I, I don't know what to do with this. But praise be to God. What God removes in our lives, he will add something to it that's even better. And that's the idea of the scriptures. That's right. The idea As we gospel. come along more in line with the scriptures, we are mm-hmm. actually going to gain more, uh, m- more joy. More right. comfort in the word, more comfort in him, and more joy in, you know, in Christ. Absolutely. So before we close, just one more thing to say. Yes. And we've all this talk about philosophy and all this talk. Um, 
as I was reading Alvin Plantinga earlier, he's a Christian okay. philosopher. Um, he kept saying over and over again uh, that philosophy is a social enterprise. And one thing I really want to point out is it's hard for Christians today, if they want to feel like they're respected, to go against um, naturalistic philosophers. Because to them, it feels like uh, like the scientists and the um, the people who are the culture makers nowadays, it feels like going up against them is almost stupid. It's like mm -hmm. we've got to kind of make room for them. Their philosophies are obviously better than ours from their perspective. So what are we going to do? Well, we have to understand that their philosophies are, are based on just as much faith as our philosophies mm -hmm. are. In the end, in the grand scheme of things, at a certain point, you make you make a uh, an assertion that is I base I base this off of my my faith right. in a way. You know, so so for instance, the 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 um, the non believing atheist is making assertions based ultimately on the faith there is no God. And that this world is all there is, and that there is no there's the, and, and that the human nature is there's all these different aspects, and kind of based off of that, that they grow it out of. Yeah. Now that faith, of course, is automatically flawed of the, out of the gate of it. But my point is this: um, that, and I really want to be careful here because I think I'm kind of slipping into feedism, which is just you know, hey, take the leap of faith, which I don't believe in. But the truth is that their philosophies are based on such a such an erroneous foundation. That once you actually start exploring it, and I've been exploring it for several years now, it almost becomes absurd. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It feels insurmountable. It feels like they've got this philosophy that can just crush me like a bug. But really, it's it's almost just like a name babbling once you realize what they're actually and, saying. And that's the old adage. When you want to spot a counterfeit, you study the actual I, the yeah. true thing. Yeah. And, 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 and when you study the scriptures you're going to be able to identify with what Lance just said when these strange aberrant aberrant teachings that's how mm -hmm. aberrant teachings come aberrant, yeah. yeah so i think we need to introduce what we're going to talk about next time yes yes what are we going to talk about next we're time? going to talk about a philosophy that has um that has uh infiltrated many of many parts of our modern day culture okay mm -hmm. and that is going to be evolution yeah and how yeah. that and how that plays into I would how actually should argue we think, that how should we think about evolution? That's the idea. Evolution is an idea that can be attached to many different philosophies, and it and, and it is itself. It has. It's some, almost a bedrock. Anyways, it's we'll almost get into that it's later. Like a bedrock we'll get into teaching. That next yes, time. yeah. So we are going to talk about evolution. Join yes, us on the next, next episode ten of Dive Deep. We yes. are Dive Deep. I'm George, and I'm Lance. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Dive Deep Podcast, or you can find us at divedeep.net for the for the you know the every day podcast alc was what we call it a la carte yep. where you know i'm gonna come on there or George i'm gonna, gonna come, come on, on and i'm gonna be more diligent <laughs> and I we're will. gonna we're gonna share things like books that we're reading mm -hmm. we're gonna share you know tidbits and ideas they're gonna bible be generally study. shorter bible studies yes. exactly you know join us every day be for about that. from 10 to 15 minutes yeah maybe. exactly yeah. so that's uh so that is on divedeep.net and uh, go ahead and go and like and follow us there like and follow us on facebook so that you won't miss any more of these and uh until next time when we talk about uh, evolution Soli yeah. Deo Gloria. Yes. Good night, everybody.